there's a thing on um, names in Harlem trending. And a few years ago, the most chosen name in Harlem was Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Yeah, I'm not even making this up. But this was like a few seasons back when Khaleesi was actually not the most evil character. <laughs> so that's what I'm thinking. Was like, huh? Okay. Guess they didn't read the writing on the wall. Like, imagine name your imagine name your daughter Khaleesi in like season three, and you're like, oh, this is so sweet. She's such a sweet, innocent character. And then like season eight, nine, ten comes around, you're like, son of a bitch. I <laughs> Trying to find a nickname. <laughs> you get an intro or something like that? Welcome to the show. Uh, honestly, I didn't have a plan for us. I was just like, look, I just want to get on here and just fucking shoot the shit with you. And I was like, shit, like I was sitting there today at work. I was like, damn, like, like, do I want to write an outline or do I want to just jump on here and just start talking shit? And I was like, you know what? So I'm far, okay so with that, man. Take the wheel if you want to like start it off or anything else like that. If you have like a plan as far as questions or what. All right, let me at least introduce. I'll, I'll intro myself, man. I'm Danny Patrick. <laughs> um, I go on Instagram as also Danny Patrick. <laughs> but I go as Danny Patrick BJJ, formerly known as Danny Patrick ESQ. Um, oh, yeah. I'm still in my work clothes, um, as Dante's probably noticed. <laughs> Hey man, I was trying to give you time. I told you, hey, we could push it back. Like, Here's something I really like that we have in common. What was that? Um, I, you probably don't get this much, but we are keen in the aspect of we both have two first names. True. So technically, this isn't even my real name. My my you name, really? my family calls me Jake. Don't ask me why. Forty four years, they never explained why they call me Jake. So well, let me ask you this. Yeah, what's up? Jake is your first name. For right now. Is it Jake or is it Jacob? No, nah, it's Jake. It's just Jake, right? Jake. That's another thing we have in common. My legal first name is actually Danny, not Daniel. So I I was just talking about that shit today at work with somebody. Cause I was like, it's wild when somebody, you know, you know, when, when it's like, uh, what was the fucking name we we're talking about? God damn it. I forget. It, it was a name though. It was like, oh no, no, no. That's not the nickname. That's their actual fucking name. So that's crazy that I didn't even know that. That's just wild. Just on the birth certificate, Danny. You've done like, you've done like job interviews in the past where people have assumingly called you Jacob though, right? Nope. Mm-mm. Really? Because I get Daniel all the time. I got Daniel the other day after telling a guy, the guy asked me how I pronounce Danny. And they said Danny. And he was like, he was like, okay, Daniel. And I was like, I'm gonna tell you right now. I mean, I don't really mind you calling me Daniel, but my legal name is actually Danny. Reason being, my family's from um my dad's side of the family's from Alabama. He's a Danny. 
Um, I mean, his brother's a James, but we only know him as Butch, Uncle Butch. Um, he's got a cousin named Dunbar. He's got a cousin named Zipper. Um, his mom's name's Evelyn. Really old school names in Alabama. His dad, Jasper. Like, you don't even hear these names anymore. They just kind of got faced out. Yeah. Which makes me kind of think, I'm standing eventually going to get faced out. <laughs> No, I, that's why I, mean, I really wouldn't even care if it gets phased out. I friend requested all the Danny Patrick's and Dan Patrick's I could on Facebook just to see what they've done, like just to see if like I'm doing better than them, and like if the name like actually holds up and is doing well. Um, I'm friends with about I'm gonna say twelve, and all of them actually have really cool jobs, which I'm actually kind of impressed for. Like I like look at the Danny's like. Posting on Facebook, and I'm just like, man, I'm glad you were doing well, Dan Patrick. Well, uh, ESPN has Dan Patrick. Is, is he still ESPN? I don't know. Like, you know, that that's the one to shoot for. Get that guy, and then tell me he's a dick because early on he was kind of a dick. I think he's cool now, but I don't think he's with ESPN anymore either. So that's probably why he's cool. Someone so. told you I'm a dick. Honestly, that wouldn't even remotely surprise me. I'm like absolutely a dick, and I come off like a dick. What it so, is, it's like what it is is actually just like honesty comes off like a dick. So no, the thing is, I've been like I remember early on, like communicating with you through like comments, and it took me a second because I was like, "Yo, this dude's kind of a dick." But I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on." <laughs> Let- let me watch his patterns. And I was like, no, 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 no. He is you know a dick. Is? You What's know what that? it is? I'm, I'm extremely literal. But, well, yeah, that. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of like get this issue on, on memes a lot. It's like you get these like, you notice these abstract memes and stuff. Mm. Where people like talking about this conversation. Talking about this scenario in jujitsu that like you've never experienced in like well, you've been training what you said like seven, eight years? Yeah, seven. Uh, yeah, seven. Seven, eight years is a significant amount of time. All right, even for someone 44, that's literally like a quarter of your life, if you think about it. Yeah. Or it's close to a quarter of your life. I've been, I think I'm around nine years and I'm 34. So that's a little bit longer than you. I'm not judging, but like that's a third of my life. All right. So it's like you've seen so much in the time you've seen jujitsu, like these these patterns and cliches that we constantly joke about, like blue belts quitting and stuff like that. Yeah. You're like, all right, yeah. I mean, this is an actual factual thing. Blue belts do quit after promotion, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It, well, no, that's the thing though. People, because whenever I put up any like any post that I put up that talks about blue belts quitting, white belts being spazzies, you know. Purple belts, you know, skipping warm up, shit like that. People, people get mad at me about that. So I'm not even gonna lie. I turn around, I turn that shit around. As soon as somebody gets mad at me, I was like, I didn't make it. Fucking Danny made it. And they're like, Yeah, but you I mean, it. I I'm actually like really into warm-ups, other than like the white belts who like think they need to like race me to the end. Cause it's just like, yo, I'm warming up. The same way I'm gonna take my time stretching. Is the same way I'm gonna shrimp down the mat. I, I don't really care about a race. I don't really care about 
Well, I'm actually really specific on my shrimping form, but certain other things, it's sort of just like you're stretching out your back. You're going to take your time to do this until it's completely stretched out. You know what I mean? Yeah. This will warm up this to me. I play so much guard that my groin feels like I gave birth before class. And it's like, I don't know. It's offensive because I never actually gave him birth. And I'm totally like, it's like logic. But yeah, I'm a heavyweight who plays guard against bigger heavyweights. So like, yeah, it's like flying that open. And I'm just like. (laughs) (laughs) I God, I wish there was a video for this. I I wish I was going to. I should use the video for this, just like the way you're describing that and like the visual to it. That like, yeah, that was bad. I totally just like <laughs> for anyone listening, Dante's looking me straight in my eyes while I'm saying this, and I'm just like prying it open. And I took my hands, touching each other by the tips, and I just went <laughs> pulling them apart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, that I mean that's it's frustrating enough as is anyone playing guard, but you got a heavyweight playing guard. It's just like, <coughs> it's like, God damn it, dude. Cause, cause when you're going against a heavyweight, you're not really expecting that. You're expecting a heavyweight to try to basically get top control and, and fucking, you know, smother you from that point or, you know, use gravity against you. But you got a heavyweight laying down, like coming to my guard. It's like, um, no. I think it's, it's like a big misnomer, honestly. Like, you get it. You've been training a while. I'm sure you've gotten every single body type you can think of yeah. underneath, like, seven foot. True, yeah, yeah. Right? It's a big misnomer that everyone just thinks, like, weight isn't an advantage. Weight is absolutely an advantage. You've got dudes that just, like, like physicality is an advantage. Mm-hmm. You know who Jeff Munson is? Yes. Jeff Munson's elbows are like basically take three of your elbows and mash them into one elbow. They're so goddamn wide. It's like Jeff Munson's jiu-jitsu was awful. He didn't really have anything. He had like a 20% submission rate. For whatever reasons, I've watched a lot of his like grappling matches. But like it's more just like he couldn't he didn't do much, but choose a position that the person couldn't get out of. Because we're talking about this guy that is like literally monstrous. Like if he if he has you inside control, the physicality you would attempt to get out of it, or even just to like try to submit him, like submitting an elbow, submitting an using an armbar on an elbow that's three times the size of the usual elbow you deal with. I had it an absolute match. Um, the division was me at 205, and I'm 5'9". I'm not even a big heavyweight. Um, a dude who was, I think, 155. Really quick dude. And the third guy in the division was like 5'1", 5'2", 350. He got the 155 guy first. Legitimate scrap. They actually, like, the 150 guy put it in. It was an impressive round to watch. 
um, eventually lost, and I got the 350 guy next. And he was like, all right. I mean, I attempted, I think, like 12 to 14 submissions. They just weren't there. I went for a choke. The neck isn't there. I went for an arm ball. The arm is like a quarter of the length of my arm. I went for a leg lock. The leg lock, the leg's so much shorter than usual. Everything else like there, this guy's advantage is his physicality. I eventually lost after 14 minutes of like like taunting him, calling him quicksand because that's what it felt like I was training with. Um, and he got me his his actual coach was um a former teammate. He got me an inverted wrist lock from side control. Oh, of course. He put all 350 pounds of it on my wrist, and I was like, Jesus Christ, man, I'm out. <laughs> like, I quit. <laughs> I don't even like the thought of a wrist lock, let alone 350 fucking pounds all there. Well, yeah, I mean, most people think about it that way. But understand the way I roll and train is that I perceive myself as invincible. Right? I played, I like, I remember this conversation I had with this girl who I claimed had an advantage of her being a male. And it was kind of like, all right, I remember what I said is like, all right, maybe I look like more lean at 250 or 240 at my height, but other than that, my advantage actually isn't being a male. It's that I've had like like a 30-year career of athletics. I'm 34. Um, I think as a kid, I started playing soccer, then baseball. Then in high school, I went on to be All-State football, All-State lacrosse. Um, I got recruited for college football. Um, I recruited for college lacrosse. I ended up playing lacrosse in college. From there, I became a competitive bodybuilder. I did some powerlifting. I did some strongman shit. The list goes on. Like from there, kind of like this, this, and this as a personal trainer for seven years, and then ended up in jujitsu after a brain injury. So it's like, all right, you're talking about. A 34-year-old who probably easily spent 28 years in decently high-level competitive sports. So that's really my advantage over not just women, but actually men also. Coming into this, coming into the sport of jujitsu, um, some people don't actually have the competitive background, don't have the athletic background. Um, you see how wrestlers cross over well. Yep. It's because they're used to the mind-body connection. These different sports are used to the mind-body connection. Like It's almost like someone swings at you, and you're like either dodging it or throwing it back. It just comes natural to you. Versus like someone swings at you, and you're just like, ah, ah, ah. whatever like that, right? It's, that's like a legitimate advantage, right? <clears throat> Someone swings at you and you don't just stand in front of it. <laughs> no. Now, if someone throws like a shopping cart at you and you're not ready for that, that's a whole other story. <laughs> is, is there a story to that? Because I, 
I need that story because somebody throwing a shopping cart, that's wild as fuck. I've absolutely thrown a shopping cart. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, Basically, and- me and my roommate at the time, the good supermarket was like 10, 15 blocks from our apartment. So we'd go there late at night buy things and he would he's a pretty tall guy he'd lift a shopping cart over the magnet we'd throw our stuff in there and just push it back rather than carrying it eventually we had like i think eight shopping carts in our backyard and we were actually in a private uh house we had a rented room in she eventually flipped this this and this well me and my roommate were like what are we gonna do with the shopping carts we started throwing them at each other. <laughs> then actually, I got the idea to give them to the homeless people in the area, which almost kind of seems like a little bit offensive until you actually like give a shopping cart to someone who was actually like in need of moving around their stuff in an easier fashion, and they are actually extremely thankful, and you don't feel like you did anything wrong at all. Just assuming they need shopping carts as a means of transportation. I mean, it would make sense. I don't. It, I couldn't see that being offensive at all. I mean, I'm saying to sense. an extent, to an extent, it's definitely stereotyping. I guess, yeah. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. I just thought, like, look, I know you could use it. You, you know? work in this industry, don't you? No, no. You're outreach or now? No. Uh, I don't know why I thought that. I used to work outreach. I kind of assume everyone works outreach. I mean, I probably should, but no, no. I I honestly, I would prefer just to not work with people, period. If I, if I had my way, I would honestly probably be a janitor if it were up to me. But I guess it is up to me. I just haven't. I haven't, I haven't reached my full potential of cleaning. So, but no, my job, it's like, it's, it's a lot of customer service, a lot of people handling, a lot of redirecting, a lot of getting cussed out on the phone. That's like, yeah. It, I mean, <clears throat> one thing I figured out, especially recently, I was joking with my manager about it. I had somebody, they called me and they were pissed. Like, uh, they're like, yo, you raised my rent. I was like, well, not my my response is always kind of like in a snarky way, like I didn't raise your rent, like I, you know I didn't do that, you know. <laughs> so the guy comes off at me. He's like, he's pissed. He's like, I went and left you a bad review. You raised my rent. I'm pissed off. And I was like, okay, and, you know, I was like, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. I'm I'm pissed off for you. You know, it's it's kind of messed <laughs> up. You know, they're they're raising your rent. Da da da. And I go through this whole spill. At the end of it all, he ended up complimenting. I was like, you know, dude, I really like you guys. You guys are great. Um, you got some painting going on over there, so things look nice. Da, da, da. And after I get off the phone, when my manager walks, I was like, dude, I'm the fucking best negotiator y'all got in here. I redirected that dude's anger. He's now he's gonna go <laughs> give us a positive review, and he's okay with getting the increase. So, a like, I guess being a people pleaser, I find ways to make people not mad at me. When they call, they get because I'm I'm the face, you know. They're like, "Oh, we're upset at you." I'm like, "Man, y'all ain't gonna be mad at me today. Y'all ain't ruining my day. I came in today with a bagel and a Red Bull. Y'all are not fucking up my day." So 
This is what we're going to do. We're going to redirect that anger. And I'll, I'll turn on the company. I'm quick to turn on the company. As soon as they're like, we're pissed. I'm like, you know what? So am I. I'm mad too. Because they raise your money and I'm not even getting paid for that. And then as soon as you say that, they're like, oh my God, you poor thing. And I'm like, yeah, right? So I'd rather not deal with that though. I'd much rather just go out and fucking clean stairwells or some shit. I don't know. Something. Go pick up trash. I've never been a janitor, uh, but he did do um, not quite a superintendent, but like building maintenance. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what's like really the most relaxing part of their job is how routine it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually kind of amazing. I mean, I guess in some extent we kind of look down on the people cleaning up after us. I mean, I'm not saying I personally do. I'm saying, yeah, you know what I mean. Like the whole like, like ideology. Like the janitor doesn't do well. Yeah, like, janitors actually make a killing. Yeah, they I'm do. Honestly, kind of like jealous of them. They have unions and everything else like that too. Um, they end up in really like odd situations a lot, but janitors do well. Um. Yeah. Building maintenance, what I did, not exactly super because there was actually, it wasn't actually super, some more apartment building. This is more like office building, if you get what I mean, being the yeah. difference between a super and a building maintenance, building engineer. Um, but the routine aspect is really like something else. It's sort of like, all right. Today, you today your thing is cleaning this hallway, buffering up this hallway, taking out the trash, this, this, and this. And it's like things you've done over time, hundreds of times. And it's like you know how to do them. How do you do them wrong? Right? In between that, there's a little bit of like maintenance and customer service aspect where you get these calls like, ah, their dishwasher's broken. Or fix the dishwasher, but other than that, it's a bit like relaxing in really an unexpected way where your job is like, let's say your position is clean your house each day, make sure it looks great, make sure outside of it, the walkway, everything else like that, the leaves, there's no leaves in your lawn, the lawn looks trimmed on place, everything else like that, it looks like a million dollars every day. Like you're having friends over and you clean your bathroom and everything else like that. Everything's in place. There's enough toilet paper to where if someone uses all the toilet paper, there's a few rolls right here. That's your job. And there's a sort of like pride and routine aspect that really kind of makes that job enjoyable. It's like you might not even get paid as much as you might get paid elsewhere, but the enjoyable aspect and pride aspect really is something else in a position like that. And I don't think it's much different for a janitor or a superintendent. No, I, I think, you know, like you said, there's a... I say that in the aspect of like, I've never been a janitor or a superintendent. I understand that. So I think there is, you know, kind of a a calmness to it as well. I mean, there's pride, but there's also a calm because you know what your job is. You know how to do it. You know what to expect. You know, you know what it takes to get it done and you know how to pace it out. 
and, you know, with my job, it is kind of similar to that where I do have office work, but I also I get out on the property and whatnot. And, and I deal with um, a lot of the hallways and, and uh, just the overall maintenance of the, the property. So yeah, man. In, in, for the most part, that is well. That's the common part: going out and being on. It the Seems like your second house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm out there taking care of it because I take pride in it. You know, I got my earphones on. I'm listening to an audio book, a podcast, or I might be listening to music. And sure, what are you listening you know, on your audio book right now? Uh, right now, so I got a guest coming on. Um, I'm listening to this philosophy book. Uh, well, actually, he will have been on by the time this comes out. But um, I'm listening to his book right now, and um, I'm going back and listening to Interview with the Vampire because I'm a big Anne Rice fan. So I want to. But my question for you, what's the weirdest job you've ever held? The weirdest job I've ever had? I was a temp, and I used to go to gas stations and check the receipts. Um, their Vita route, I guess they were calling it, and we would sit there for eight hours a day, just uh reading through the receipt and stapling them together in a specific order. We did this for I don't think do that, honestly. I honestly, my, my eyes like my eyes really can't like handle that type of like conditioning. That the the first week was tough, but once. You know, once we got into that second week and I got my earphones on, it, it was it was easy, easy work. Okay. Um, like, but yeah, that first week was tough because first off, we didn't really know what the fuck we were doing. And then also, like you said, like your eyes got to get conditioned because a lot of that shit was faded. So trying to look at it, it was like, damn, like, you know, what am I even looking at here? Um, I mean, that might have been the weirdest thing I've done. Also, I, I did, um, I processed letters for the Republican National Committee just off some uh, random, you know, you know, basically you're sitting there processing uh, any donations that come through and, and all these weird surveys that were coming through because this was right after Obama got elected. So they're trying to fundraise now, you know, to build up for, um, you know, 2012's election. And uh I would say twice twice a week we had to have a, an evacuation because we would get letters with a, a powdery substance in it. As soon as that happened, we'd have to shut down. They called the fire department in. They come in. <laughs> check it. I shit you not. Twice per week. And and if if you were the unlucky person to get that envelope, you know they, they basically you know sent you home. They're like, no, nah, you gotta go. Your soul was anthrax. Yeah. Yep. It, were you like it, scared you were gonna die? No, honestly, or did you I, just realize it was cocaine and you're kind of an idiot? <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't stressed about it. I was like, uh, it'll be all right. Yeah, there was a big thing like right after, like we went through a bit of a mourning process, obviously, but then it mm-hmm. hit us right in the gut with anthrax shortly after that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, it was like right after. Here's a trip for you. Yeah. I was sixth, seventh, or eighth grade when 9 11 happened. Just a year prior, I think it was actually September 6th. The year prior, 
we went on a field trip to the Twin Towers. And we went all the way up to the top to where it was, like, super windy. And we were all kind of just, like, holding on to, like, the rail and everything else like that. Entire, like, 6th, 7th grade class. They did it every single year. By chance, um, the Twin Towers field trip was delayed two weeks. Meaning the 6th, 7th graders that were going to go to the Twin Towers field trip Roughly on the sixth, give or take whatever day of the week it fell onto, planning did not go that year and it got delayed two weeks. So there was this weird possibility that, like, I mean, I don't want to feel like I don't want it to make it sound like I could have been there because, by all means, there's no way I could relate to what happened at 9 11. Um, the extent of my relation of what happened on 9-11, I was in a school in the suburbs, maybe like, I'd say about 30, 40 miles away when it happened. And they took us all into the lunchroom to show us it. And it was just like a punch in the chest. Mm. I remember a kid who was a year or two younger than me, like when we're watching the replays, was just like, my dad. And that was actually what hurt me because we later found out his dad actually did die in 9 11. Mm. But yeah, by no means can I relate. I just think it's like kind of weird. Yeah, I went to the top of the Twin Towers the year before, five, six days apart from when it happened the next year. My girlfriend works in there now. At the. Uh, in the Oculus. Yeah, yeah. In Ground Zero? Yeah, we're three centers. Tower One? Three. Three. Three? She works in Tower Three. She corrected me. It's not the Oculus. People don't even walk in the Oculus. They kind of like glide above air. It's really the douchiest place in New York City. It's <laughs> 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 like Saks Fifth Ave right here, Oculus, all the way up here. <laughs> they just like, they just levitate above ground. They stop walking. Everything else like that is just meaningless. Yeah. Rolex. Um, There's a Rolex store there. What? Lululemon, something like that. I don't know. New language. British <laughs> um, shop I had. Um, I did John Lennon impersonations at Times Square, but like the only rules where you can't curse. You have to speak in an English accent. So instead of doing an actual John Lennon impersonation, I did, I think, um, I forget his name, from Going the Distance. Oh, no, actually, um, Ant-Man did John Lennon in Dewey Cox. And he did, like, a really goofy voice. <laughs> so I instead of doing an actual John Lennon impersonation, I did Ant Man's John Lennon impersonation parody of John Lennon in Times Square the entire time. They gave us the Sergeant Pepper's office and I just bullock. I do all this like hand gestures and like before I'd even speak and I just be like, "Would you like to see a show? Maybe. I don't know." And it would just be like more confusing people. What's worse is I actually got hired to do Mama Mia. 
and they're just like, hey, did your mom cheat on you with three? Did your mom cheat on your father with three other men? And they'd be like, no. All right, you're not going to like this show. Next person. <laughs> do you know the Aristocrats show? I do. Uh, so this is like an ongoing thing in um, stand-up comedy. It's like old. There's a whole documentary on it. It's great. And it's sort of like you described like opening up the front door of your house or a house in the most awful things are happening, right? You, the mom is with the son, this, the dog's involved, this, there's a, someone beating someone with the, like a pole or whatever like that. The most worst scenario like that. And they turn and smile and they say, the aristocrats. That's the ongoing joke. Anyway, what I think would be fun is if we do like, you're joining, you're dropping in another school. What is like the absolute, like most theatrical worst case scenario of what you open up the front door of this school you're planning to drop into? <laughs> and like, all you got to do is like finish it as like the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I'll go first. Just to kind of like set this up for you a little bit. I, you open up the front door and it's just like, all right, first thing I notice is this guy is just repetitively snapping dude's shoulder in um a truck, Kimura. Then I look to my left a little bit and this guy's got his shoes on the mat. He's talking to another guy with his shoes on the mat. And instantly I smell like, a certain type of stench that doesn't belong here. What's wild is I actually have no sense of smell that is really throwing me off because it's a new central together. And I notice to my right again, it's who seems like the black belt head coach is screaming in a young child's face. And then there's someone coughing in my face. <laughs> and just pure madness. It's sort of like an orgy type of like six-man role and they're like sort of just like grabbing at each other and stuff like that. And then the coach stops yelling at the kid and turns to me. The aristocrats. You dropped in at other schools? Yeah. Yeah. What's like the weirdest scenario you've ended up in? Um, I popped into an open mat and I'm pretty certain I it like basically it was like it was all ghee, but everyone had on a white belt. And that's like it was weird because it didn't make sense to me. But at that time I was a white belt when I walked in to that open mat. I was like, this is really weird. And this wasn't a beginner's class. Mm-mm, no, this was this was open mat, and there was a guy. Very weird. Well, yeah, exactly. It was like, hmm. But you know, everybody moved. You know, I, I everyone had on a white belt, but I didn't feel like everyone there was a white belt. So you know, it was like, okay, this this is really bizarre. But then there was some pretty aggressive rolling oh, going like, on. 
like some surreal type of thing, like they were all playing a game on you. So that's what I felt like. Because my buddy, it was my buddy, he invited me there. So that's why I felt like, are they fucking with me right now? Like, there's eight people in here and everybody's wearing a fucking white belt. And there's not a single, like, colored belt in here. Y'all are fucking with me right now, aren't you? Like, no one, like, addressed it. So I just, you know, I just went ahead and played a long road. But there were some people that were in there, like, really... Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they were all white belts because there are a few people that are like, I wouldn't say spazzy. Yeah, that's kind of a trip if you think about it. Like, imagine if you dropped in a school and even like the black belts are wearing white belts. Just you sort of undermine them. The brown belts, the blue belts, and the purple belts, all of them wearing white belts. Maybe there's like a few stripes sprinkled around, which you don't really kind of like question or like really like command too much respectfully. Um, a stripe or two on a white belt, but it's totally throwing you off signal wise. You're a blue belt, yeah. All right, but you're at the point where you understand where you get a brand new white belt, you Mm -hmm. sort of like sit back a little bit and wait to see what they come at you. If they come at you like a rabid dog, you get on your defense, you control the situation, yes. Probably submit them to kind of take that confidence away, then, but. If they come at you totally like trying to not engage, you kind of create stuff so they engage and you're not playing this whole like the entire time. And you kind of play that first few moments, letting them have it. Um, yeah, man, that is that would be rude as hell. Like if I no. even the black belts and everyone, it's like you're being punked. Yeah, I was. It, it popped with me because I mean, again, I was still. I wasn't too new. I think I've been training by this point. I want to say, probably about a year and a half. A year and a half, maybe. Uh, yeah, about a year and a half, maybe two years. I, I've been training at this point consistently, and I walk in and I was like, "Okay, cool." All white belts, no stripes. That's what that was even trippier. And I was like, "Okay, they're fucking with me." Maybe I don't know. Maybe this is just a weird school. Uh, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it just felt funky. And then as I'm rolling with one of the guys, he was like, "Are you sure you're a white belt?" <laughs> you know, and in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, "Are you sure you're a white belt?" You know what the fuck? So yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I haven't been back to that gym since. It's really weird, man. No, they're, 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 I had, some I had, um. He's really egotistical blue belt who really wasn't really even that good, honestly. Um, he was kind of built like a pear. Nice. Kind of like a pear. But for whatever reason, I don't know. I guess he sees that we have around the same rank. At the time, I was like a three or four stripe blue belt. He was a three or four stripe blue belt. He comes at me all aggressive. I kind of slip under him the entire time, get the best of him. At one point, he just kind of grabs my wrist. Like I'm in, I have him in guard, and he grabs my wrist like this with both hands, and I'm like wondering what the hell is this position even? Like, what do you, like, do something with my wrist? You're just kind of holding it in front of your face, like two inches away, and then he yells, "Hit me!" I tapped him. I walked away. I don't want any part of like this nonsense, man. Your ego is really getting to the point where you want me to hit you, right? Like that. Whatever. I'll give you the tap. All right. I'm not going to be a part of certain type of situations where you could easily be put into in jiu-jitsu. 
that make you uncomfortable. You know, the emotional types and stuff like that that get to the point where they're trying to hurt you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to be a part of that. Um, these guys who want you to hit you, stuff like that. Cap. I want to be a part of that. Let me ask you this. If yeah. you could punch any celebrity you wanted in the face, who would it be? Any celebrity? Ooh. Um, I haven't thought about this in a while. Um, like you've thought about it several times before. <laughs> no, no, yeah, actually, it, no, it, it, it is one of those weird things where it, it is a thought sometimes. Like, I want to smack the shit out of him. Um, oh, right now, it's kind of tough. Sometimes John Cena annoys me, he seems like a nice guy. John bro. Cena annoys you, but he's a nice guy. But I just feel like I want to slap the shit out of him. Yeah, true, and that's why I want to slap the shit out of him. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to them anymore. All uh, like celebrities because they all annoy me. I want to slap the shit out of all of them. To be honest, um, maybe he maybe. Tristan Bieber. He does. Yeah, he definitely has really good lawyers. I'm gonna yeah. go with Tom Hardy because he looks like he could scrap, and it would be a defensive scrap. I don't actually hate Tom Hardy at all. So I don't he, actually like the Venom movies. I think he's a pretty cool guy. But Tom yeah, Hardy looks yeah. like he could throw down, and I'm more interested in throwing down in a decent scrap than I am just like punching or smacking some hopeless dude in the face. Like Justin Bieber wouldn't even be a fair fight. I'm 240. Me smacking Justin Bieber like 120 is just he's just gonna fly away like a kite. It's not fair. So I want someone who would be a decent scrap like Tom Hardy, even though he did play like a real lot of gay dudes. Before we kind of hit it big, <laughs> I, I hope you're you're the winner of that fight. At that Venom, I can think of three gay characters he played. Um, yeah, what the fuck was the movie? My buddy was just talking about the fucking movie. Snatch. Um, Snatch, Rock Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Both of those. It's like oh, Rockerola. Yeah, I think in Rockerola. In the movie Takers. Oh, really? I don't. No, I haven't seen Takers. That's the one with uh um. Takers is a fucking awful movie. Like, it's Hayden Christensen and Ti's movie. That, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It was a uh, fucking Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> How did this even happen? <laughs> There's this weird thing. Whatever, like something on intervention and the whole like addiction to being homeless because there's a lack of responsibility. Anyway, I ignore that. There were three homeless people in particular I tried to help out. All right, first one, Dwight. Nice guy. Uh, Dwight's issue is he's back. He's stuck in a position where he like kind of wants like walks like Naruto. All right, he explained that this kind of led to him losing work and not getting hired and stuff like that because he did work mostly in manual labor. All right, so Dwight in particular, I'm kind of thinking more, all right, there's not much I could do in way of helping you long-term financially because I don't have like 12K to just give you in your hand and you just do something about it. So Dwight, I'll buy dinner every once in a while when I say it. 
right, this guy Marco. Marco, I bought him work boots. I referenced him on a on a apartment, a temporary apartment, and I spotted him some money to get work, get like his shit together. What does Marco do? First day of work at this warehouse where he could be making decent money is he smashed his whole leg up to get workman's comp. Then he like friend request me on Facebook. I don't even know how he knew my last name. And it's just all about like smoking crack and banging dudes, banging dudes for smoking crack, this, this, and this. And it's a bit like, all right, this is not the person trying to actually change your life for the better. Dwight is the person trying to change his life for the better, but Dwight's in a situation where he can't. All right. Because the thing that like kind of leads people to being homeless and in that position is they don't have family. You get a family. If you enter yourself in that position, worst case scenario is you fall back to your parents. As much as you want to like go back to your parents because you're at the age where you are right now. All right. That's worst case scenario. Go back to your brother or your sister. They'll help you out. Right? They don't have that. Last person I tried helping out. I forgot her actual name, but she was an artist. Um, really drawing like some amazing stuff. I tell her, uh, I don't actually do in art, but I deal in art toys. Like if you know a kid robot or quick stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, I've repping those groups for like waffles and different stuff like that. So I tell her story, this, this, and this, and I tell her what I'm going to do is auction off. I have a bunch of blanks. If you, paint the blanks, however you, I will auction them off in whatever that we get from the auction. After, like, the fees that come out when you transfer to your account, it's yours. All right? So anything, anything of it at first, I post in the group. The group goes for, like, 4,000 comments. Some of these people know her. Some of these people often, like, fly her back to Texas, uh, where they grew up, where her family is, everything else like that. Um, we're talking about possibly raising 1,800 or more for this woman. All right. This is something you could actually do something with and actually change your life if you if that's what you chose. And she just sort of disappeared after I gave her the supplies and the equipment. She took my number down and she just disappeared. I texted her a dozen times. She never responded to anything. It was just kind of weird. Which kind of makes me think there is a certain aspect of enabling. Yeah. That goes into it, like, not having responsibilities does sound dope, man. I would just chill on a roof in the open or in the ocean all day long. I'm interested. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, too. It's like, you know, when you're genuinely trying to help somebody, you want to help somebody. You know, that comes from a place. But like you said, these, you know, there are people out there that just, you know, there's you know, the type that are just genuinely, they're aware of the people that want to help and they know that they can kind of get over on them, if you will. But then there are also people who 
on the other side of that feel like they, no matter how much someone else is going to help them, they feel like they're always going to fuck it up. Uh, my cousin's that way where he knows he needs help. He wants help. But he's also in that pocket. What's that? It's interesting where I'm looking at it. Like my well, my my cousin just as an example where he he'll come to me for help and he'll you know there's always kind of this he doesn't want to do it and then you know I'm always going to help him because it's my little cousin but the thing is with him he he pulls himself back because he knows he's going to fuck it up and it sucks because you know we tell him it's like dude. You, you don't have to be that way. You you can you can do better. It's almost like he self sabotages. You know, he gets to a point with the help, and then he he breaks it all apart. And it's like, damn, dude, like you know, what do you do with that? So you, you kind of almost have to let go and just be like, look, man, I can't help you anymore because you know why, I know why, but you know me. I'm, I'm always trying to help people. And, and that's part of why I was in therapy because, because I was helping too much. I had a, I did have one tenant who I didn't know he was homeless. He pointed out that he was homeless. And I was like, dude, you're homeless. I thought you were just a weird, like a quirky dude. He was like, dude, have you seen what I wear? I was like, I thought you were just being free. I mean, shit. Yeah. Super eccentric type. Yeah. Yeah. And he was living out of his car and I, I never knew it, but you know, he, he come by all the time and he was friendly. But when I started helping him, he started getting very demanding. Like, you know, and, and this is where, you know, I'm new here where I am in, in my house now. And, you know, I got a I got a new child and you know at home now. So I was like, dude, I want to help you. I want to let you come through. Uh no, my daughter was uh was like not even a year old yet. So um, you know, this dude is like, I want to like help him, but at the same time, it's like I don't want to let you come to my home. You know, things like that. It's like, but he was getting demanding, like, hey, can you give me a ride somewhere? Can you do this? Can you do that? And it's like, okay, maybe my helping you has gone to a whole nother level in your own mind where you are now expecting that I'm going to be there for you. You like you're demanding that I'm going to be there for you. Because one of the times he he called me and was like, he had a rental car. And he was like, Hey, can you meet me here? Um, it, it was a weird scenario, and I, I called him out. I was like, "That's really weird. If you have the car, why do you need me to drop you off here?" And he was like, "Can you just do it or not?" And I was like, "No, I can't. Uh, I, I'm not going to do this anymore, dude." It got real weird, and then, you know, I lost touch with him. But I found out later on he had been arrested for aggravated assault. Um, uh, uh, there was something else, breaking and entering, shit like that. And I was like, "Okay, yeah." It's like, again, I felt bad for the dude. I want to help the dude. But at the same time, it's like, I got to cut my, you know, cut the, cut the uh, extensions off because I got a family at home. I can't have you intervening with my life, number one. But number two, you know, if, if you're trying to get better, you got to get, you know, you got to do it yourself. And this is different from what my cousin, when my cousin knew he was fucking up and he was self-sabotaged it and he probably wouldn't have been a fuck up. But I think he was just scared to do well. Where this guy, I think this guy was just, he just needed needed people to take care of him, period. So, people are complicated. Exactly. All right. Uh, 
I tell you what, you want to know how we almost like you want the story about how we almost beat the shit out of uh, Forgiveness Ringworm? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you like my story, so here you go. These um, without like naming him, big dude, rugby, Australian, whatever like that, knowingly gave all of us ringworm. Mm. Well, not all of us. He gave like four people it. And because he was kind of rough, this, this, and this. Only a few people trained with him. I trained with him, and he was a little bitch about things. Like, he would always complain something was illegal when he got set by it. And he was totally like, he was totally like vulnerable to ankle locks. So I would ankle lock on him all day long. And he would instantly just be like, oh, those are legal. Yo, we all, everyone here knows ankle locks aren't illegal, all right? So just to kind of get at him, I would start, like, can opening his neck and, like, just crank, just start ripping down his neck. Just, like, waiting to hear him tell me this was illegal because clearly it's <laughs> Like, I'm beating on this guy because he seems like the type who beat on other people. Everything else like that. Yeah. Um, He gave four of us spring one. Because he knowingly trained with Ringworm. His excuse was something like, Oh, in rugby to Australia, this, 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 this. We all train with Ringworm and just spread it around. I don't know how true that is or anything else like that. Because I never played rugby or been to Australia. All right, but that was his excuse. Like, oh, no one does care. All right, here's a trip. America might be the only place that does actually treat Ringworm and Kaifau ear for all I know. But I'm not actually making that like an intelligent statement. I'm saying I, for all I know. You get what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I know Russia doesn't treat Kaifau ear. Yeah. They give wow. each other Kaifau ear by sticking. They take the soda cap off, put it on their ear, and then hit it with a fucking hammer. And shit like yeah. I've, I've right? Imagine like being that. that. Like, that's like wearing a fake black belt. Ew. Showing up with fake cauliflower like your boy gave you and hickeys on your neck. Your boy gave you hickeys on your neck and fake <laughs> cauliflower. And you're showing up to class looking like a fucking absolute tough guy. And then you just get fucking stomped out by a wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> That's some shit. All right. But anyway, I'm digressing. All right. I'm in the locker room. Look. He gave four of us cauliflower, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm just saying, if I see him in the street, I'm going to fuck this guy up. All right? This, this, this. Yeah, the other three guys that got cauliflower, the other three guys who got ringworm and are leaving class early because we have ringworm. We're changing locker room together, kind of like trying not to touch anything. Obviously, and we're about to dip, and we're agreeing. This, 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 I don't know. There was only four of us, and I feel like there was a mole inside because next time I seen this guy in the street, he instantly picked up a three-year-old like this, like a, like a fucking kid shield. Like you heard Drift that Danny was going to kick my ass if I, he saw me in the street because I gave Danny ringworm. Like as if I, I don't know. But anyway, 
I guess this guy was like such a bitch ass that like he wouldn't leave his house without the kid shield or whatever like that. Because like I was living two blocks down the street from him. Uh, we go to the same supermarket and the same places like that regularly. He always had the kid with him. The three-year-old kid. We're talking like, all right, this was like seven, eight years ago. Uh, I seen him recently. He fucking picked up a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> he's Just- staring about a 12-year-old kid now. Because he's afraid of something that someone told him I was going to do eight years ago or something like that because he gave me ringworm. I mean, ringworm is a serious thing. Play rugby, and he's significantly bigger than me. I mean, he was also getting his ass whipped. I mean, he was afraid he was going to do some illegal moves on him again. I mean, like, I, I've never been to Australia, obviously. Well, I want to say obviously, but I've never been to Australia. I've never played rugby, but that doesn't sound like some shit. Who's <laughs> the guy you train with now? They won't allow, they'll like call you out on moves he doesn't know. Mm. Well, that's just calling himself me, out. He told me you can't use moves on me that I don't know. How the fuck am I supposed to know that? We're going to ask him in the midst of it. Hey, do you know what I this is? I accepted guilty on him, and he said, you can't use moves on me that I don't know now. Well, if you don't know guillotine, then... Guillotine's kind of standard, like... Yeah. What are you doing, like, then? Like, what would you say, like, those standard submissions or jiu-jitsu, armbar, guillotine, triangle? Rear naked. Uh, Kimura. Rear naked choke. Uh, Kimura, Kimura uh, straight, straight ankle lock. I'd say, say those are standard. The the more exotic stuff is the variations that come from those different ones. Yeah, yeah. necktie, a variation of a guillotine to an extent. Um, yep. Dars, uh, yeah, the inverted triangle stuff like that gets that yeah. carried away. We can talk about the all day long, kind of like take a guillotine to where it becomes something that doesn't even resemble a guillotine. Um, but he says you can't use submissions on me that I don't know. How would I know? Look, I bet you've been training for an extended period of time. I bet I know a dozen submissions that you don't know. I mean, probably know a dozen submissions I don't know either. Like, it's just what it is. There's no way I could tell what you know and don't know. If I if I attempt to prove your necktie out of you, there's no way I could tell if you know what a proving necktie is or not. I do twisters a lot. It's kind of easy to like guess that like white belts don't know what do- twisters are, but then I hit them with a twister anyway. Like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> even even when I get caught in a twister, I always forget about twisters because we rarely ever you know see anyone doing them. And as soon as as soon as I feel the arm go over the my arm go back over the neck, I'm like, oh, you motherfucker, you're going for the twister. And it's like shit. I got to get out of here. But my captions is editing you out for cursing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. This, this has been a light night for cursing too. I I'll be honest with you. A lot of people because they've had so many stories. Like I mean, 
you'd be the first one to tell. Like, there's so many stories in those captions, and I just keep going and going and going. Um, I exclude the names. Uh, like, I usually, uh, I used the name Ham one time. The person's name is Sam. But I'm not going to say Sam. It, it, yeah. Ham's just funny. <laughs> like a friend named Ham. <laughs> uh, I change up the names. Um, there's occasions where something will happen. Some, something like the jiu-jitsu stores might have happened at my school. And it will totally lie and say it will happen at the school I was dropping at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not going to toss my school underneath the bus. Anything else like that. Um, but yeah, I think my stories are about 90% accurate, true. Obviously, I'm lying about the names. I'm leaving out certain things and not remembering certain details. Like it might have been 45 bucks and not 65. Things that. like that. Um, Small details. I remember you, BGJ Hobbyistus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had something with his old school, and he's a writer, and he used some picture of, like, just the mats at the school. Like, it didn't have any inscription or any other semblance of that. It was from this school. It was just, like, those color mats. And the guy made this whole big deal and started, like, tossing them under the bus, everything else like that. Mm. Anyway, I went, like... Went on the Yelp page and was just like, yeah, coach is trying to hurt people. I'm brand new. Coach is trying to hurt people. What the F? <laughs> he contacts my school. And uh, my coaches know, like, all right, Danny's on some shit. Because they used to have my school in my biography. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he contacts my school. They see this. My coaches don't really care, but they're kind of like curious what the whole story is that this guy's randomly like calling up the school from a different other school to complain about someone who doesn't even live anywhere near there. The school's in North Dakota. The school's in Wisconsin. Uh, I've been to Wisconsin before, but for work travel, I never ended up anywhere near the school. Um, and he was like, oh. Anyway, I DM the guy like, yo, you're open open guard or open guard school, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, my bad. There's like fucking, I Google search and basically 40 to 60 different schools named open guard. BJJ showed up. You basically picked the most generic name. I will delete the, I will delete the comment on Yelp under the condition. You call my coach and apologize for some confusion. <laughs> and you maybe, I don't know, this isn't like imperative, but maybe suggest I deserve his promotion. <laughs> yeah. He calls up the coach, and my coach, like, I see my coach the next day. He's like, Yeah, a guy called me back. It's all this big confusion. Um, you basically must have dropped in at a different school with the same name because. I mean, I did the Google search, and it's like, goddamn, every damn state has a school name, Open Guard. (laughs) 
And I apologize to everything else like that. He actually, yeah, he did, the guy did not mention I should deserve a promotion. <laughs> that basically happened. Some guy like snitched on me because I don't know. It, it's like, like I said, when when I first encountered you on Instagram, it, it took a second, but once I once it clicked, once I realized it was like, okay, this dude is, doesn't mean any harm. You know, they, he's trolling us. It's like he's not because my initial thought was like, yo, you're a dick. And I was like, wait, no, 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 no. There's a difference between a dick. Oh, I'm absolutely a dick, dude. I'm not denying that at all. No, no, no. Yes. That. So what I'm saying is you weren't a dick to me in the sense of like you're trying to like rile me up on purpose. Well, you probably were. But you weren't like trying to like make me feel bad. It was like, let me see how far I can push this. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, but once I realized, like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, this isn't personal. This is just, like, him fucking around. Then it was like, okay, you know what? Let me, and I started looking at your memes. I was like, okay, no, no, no. I, I got him now. I got him now. He's cool. I like this guy. Whereas there are people that they they, they take that shit and they get personal with me. Like, to the point, I don't even read my comments anymore. It's like, fuck you guys. None of it's personal. The thing is, like... The part that's missing is because it's over the internet. It's not me making these joking comments and punching you in your arm. We're both laughing at each other's face. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's the difference between Instagram and if we're in person like this, and it's just like you slip up and say something, I bust your chops. Yeah. All right. You know, like if you order, like I'll never fucking forget this in my entire life. My buddy, we're at um, Seaside Heights. He's like got a bit of a hangover, and the the waitress asked him, "Honey, what would you like?" And he said, two eggs, any style, over easy. Two eggs, any style. Choice of uh, toast with jam or butter." He literally ordered. He literally ordered what it says on the menu. Like, how do you want your eggs? Like, if you see in the menu, you want eggs and toast, mm-hmm. order, like, the eggs. I want sunny side up, and I want toast with butter. He said two eggs, any style, with the choice of a side and toast. And the waitress looked at him and said, you're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> this happened by, like... Seven, eight years ago. He's getting married this weekend. Um, We were still busting his shops about something that happened seven, eight years ago when he tried ordering food in Seaside Heights. That's what I'm talking about. But but that's the thing, though, too. Like you said, it's like, you know, with the whole Internet thing, you, you miss a lot of the nuance and, and just the, the if you're in person or so you have to read between those lines. Where it's like, like, so I remember um, I reposted one of your memes and then you reshared it to the stories and you made a comment about George Michael. And that's when it was like, okay, not, now we're, now we're playing. <laughs> now we're, I, I see the where we're stuff. Yeah. I was like, this, this, this isn't I'm a personal to, I'm trying to listen to people that troll you about George Michael. So uh, I think George Michael's an amazing musician. All right. But I'd love to see you like, Send me screenshots and stuff like, yo, looks like one of your followers was just like, fuck George Michael, asshole. 
<laughs> that sounds hilarious to me. Well, well, like, that was, you, that's, you, you, like, you start getting messages like, Told me closer, Dante. <laughs> well, and that was the thing. It's like when I when I post and then you repost it to the stories and then I repost again. It's like, yeah, I'm trying to like I'm trying to like get people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like play along with us. Like, like dance to dance. And it's like no one takes the bait. And it's like, like people got to live a little. But but then if I post something, what the fuck did I post? I posted something the other day and just all the hate came my way. I was like, okay, <laughs> like you, you motherfuckers taking life too serious. You actually can, got can, hate for that. What did I say? Something like, um, oh, including me into the women's BJJ. No. Uh, so who's it? I got, um, I posted something. It was, uh, it was a, picture of a dude sitting on a woman's lap and it says this is what it looks like when she trains jiu-jitsu and you don't and she the uh, the, the account she jitsu went in on me and i was like whoa whoa what you know I, I didn't know i saw it like hours later so there was like a th- like it, it wasn't just her but like they started piling up on me i was like yo what the fuck like son it, it, but then the thing that made it even worse is I post that. So they came at me. So the very next post was a technique or a competition video of a little girl beating the shit out of little boys. And I had all the dudes coming at me over that. And I was like, okay, y'all motherfuckers need to chill. Like I got these women mad at me. These dudes mad at me. I'm just posting shit on the internet. It's funny. Relax. Eh, I don't get bothered by it. Um, well, I don't anymore. I mean, this this was funny. like a year, like a year and a half ago where I didn't. I couldn't navigate it yet. I was like, "Oh shit!" I did because I didn't understand having that many followers. Like people, like you're gonna get that weird shit. Now it's just like I'll see something. I might chuckle. I might give them a smiley face comment back, but more often than not, I just, I just ignore and like fuck you guys. Um, I posted to me like, um, I'm not paying for this. This is judo. This is sambo. I'm not paying for this shit. I ordered jujitsu. Was like a meme with author mm-hmm. or something like that. The comments went to like six, 60, 70, 100. These Sambo dudes were triggered because I was making Sambo jokes and they did not have Sambo meme pages. There's literally a great comment on that page. Like some random follower had like, shut up, bro. You're just pissed because Sambo don't have a meme page. I feel like I saw that comment. <laughs> And and the dude like literally responds like, "I'm gonna be honest with you, that is exactly what I'm." <laughs> and I just thought it was like such a hilarious conversation between all these like I triggered these sambo guys, not because I made a sambo joke, but because sambo does not actually have a <laughs> No, it, it's true. The other weird thing. Yo, Funko Pops are the bobblehead things. They're like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to collect them and um, customize that. I made a Derek Vineyard. Custom Derek Vineyard pop. I posted this group. American History X is Derek Vineyard. Yep. I posted this group and a good majority were like how like on point it was with the details and stuff like that. Because you don't look at Derek Vineyard as this anti-Semitic person. 
you look at it, it's this anti-Semitic character that grows throughout a movie. It's a movie character. Are we looking at it as Edward Norton as like Derek Vineyard, or are we looking at it as like Eric Norton playing Derek Vineyard? This random guy would like message me twice a month, like this random guy would message me twice a month, just like looks like you're just like vamping up the whole like feminist movement or like random shit like that and I'd be like I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. He's like you and your Derek Vineyard pop you and your Derek Vineyard pop and you'd go on and on about this for like months and months. It was just hilarious. I ignore him. But yeah like twice a month I would get these crazy messages from him about some new movement that like I'm anti against it's always the on the internet where people don't know you, so they just they pick something to use as this is what defines you. Realistically, it's exactly what you were just saying. Um, <clears throat> I think people just don't get how little and direct I am, and that's why I come off like a dick. I understand also I work in field service, so yep. the whole dialogue is very direct. Like, where are you? What are you doing right now? There's no like, there's no like, it's just an actual like what you were doing right now. Yeah. There's no like, I can't think of the word, but like elaborating or like, we're going to use the word jazzercise. Jazzercising the sentence like that, finessing the sentence and make it seem like, more poetic or anything else like that. It's just like I'm out here and I am doing this. So it's very direct dialogue. And I'm very little person on top of that. So I get that I come off like a dick. Also at the same time, I don't really care if that's what someone takes away from me that I'm just a dick. Yeah, I make jokes about cheating wives mostly and weird stuff. Right? Because it's what I personally find funny. Part of like what I'm doing on Instagram is just making myself laugh. Uh, is if you'll want to laugh with me, I'm totally game for that. Uh, but part of my plan is just to make Jay and Ben laugh and make myself laugh with my own jokes. And that's what I kind of think is what this is all about. Um, at the same time, also, I'm not, I hold myself at like a high standard. I see so many trash memes on the internet. With BJJ, some of them just like solo effort. Like when you like pass guard, ha ha ha. It's a picture of like someone passing guard. What is the punch joke here, man? What is the punchline here? What is it like when you pass guard and a picture of someone passing guard? It's just a description, man. It was like, I did stand up, but imagine that going up on the stand. To a bunch of guys in jujitsu who train jujitsu, and you're just like, when you pass guard, <laughs> some people put little effort into the meme that they're putting out in front of thousands and thousands of people. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really see, I can't really see myself at that like low standard of like attempting low hanging fruit unless it's really like that well. All right, I mean, it's just like. Some of these jokes I'm seeing on Instagram are just like, oh, I don't get what the actual joke is. Right? Is there a joke here or are you just making an observation? Right? 
So, like, I'm kind of like, what's even funnier is I'll ask, like, I'll comment, I don't get it. And they'll get defensive. We are literally have been commenting, I don't get it with a question mark for years. Or please elaborate. I don't get it. Uh, can you explain how this makes any sense to me? Because you, there's a lot of these pages build up these scenarios that never happen. You know what I mean? If you've been training long enough, and you're just like when someone like un- unties your belt to use it as like to tie it around your ankle. What? No, that's never happened to anyone I've ever <laughs> seen. I've never I've been injured for nine years. It's never like ever been even done as far as my knowledge. Someone ties your belt off and then ties it around your ankle. Why? <laughs> this isn't a funny scenario. This is a nonsensical scenario that doesn't make sense to anyone. You got any uh uh anyway, dude? I'm it out. It's been real. Great talking to you, everything else like that. All right, man. Thanks for doing this. This this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Whatever you need, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Anytime, anytime, man. I'll be in touch with you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. So that was Danny Patrick, ladies and gentlemen. So um, thank you, everyone, as always, and as usual, for following the podcast, listen to the podcast. You know, thank you for your support. If you have any questions, concerns, always feel free to reach out to me at bjj.wiki or off the mats podcast, both on Instagram. Um, Otherwise, uh, you know, my usual shout outs, Asgard503. Go check them out on Instagram and also check out the website, Asgard503.com. Big shout out to Armbar Attic, Eric and Ali over there. Go check them out on Instagram and check out the website. And a big shout out to my guests today, Danny Patrick BJJ on Instagram. Uh, you'll you'll see the memes. He's always posting them. I'm always reposting them every Tuesday. Um, go check him out. Had a great show, great conversations. He's a wild man. So, um, otherwise, you guys keep listening. I'm gonna keep making these shows. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. They probably said. Now let me see his song.